globalfromasia.com slash episode 233. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. You guys like Thailand, Miles? All right. Maggie, you like? Cool. The kids are enjoying Thailand. It's been about a week and a half since we've been living here. So today, welcome to Global from Asia. It, we're using the name more. Again, I sometimes remind myself and others, so I'm glad I didn't call it Global from China. We are Global from Asia, and today's intro is being recorded in, in Thailand. So this one is an interesting show. We've uh, recorded it just a little while ago. It's something I've been preparing for quite some time. Easy Ship is a popular logistics solution in Hong Kong. Their startup's been growing very fast and doing really well globally. And they, uh, we have Tommaso, one of the co-founders. I talked to him years ago about something like this and doing events together and other things. So it's really, it's really great to have him uh, sharing. The topic is about tripling your e-commerce sales by going international. It's fitting for today's, you know, our theme of our podcast, Global from Asia, right? So he, we're in a Hong Kong uh, company, helping with people going international. And he, he gives some very interesting insights talking about places to sell and in, in ones that you might have never heard of or thought of to sell into and and uh, the ability to do that. I've also been talking to other service providers and other, other sellers, you know, trying to diversify off Amazon. and And I think you guys should too, whether it's you know, I started on eBay actually in 2004 and I tried to diversify through, I did channel advisor and I did uh, websites, my own shopping carts and I did, uh, you know, Amazon too. So I, I'm a multi-channel person and, and, uh, channels doesn't just mean, um, you know, Amazon or not Amazon. It also means countries, right? Even Amazon, you could do multiple countries or, or, um, parts of the world. So I think diversification is important. And today's show is a good one. I think it'll be a popular one for a long time to come. Also, I'll be back in Shenzhen. And the next week, we're going to do a meetup for members on Saturday. Also, the Gladiator, we're still recruiting, getting some great applicants. If you haven't gotten a chance to do that, we got a few more days and it'll almost be over by the time the show comes out. But the team, the partners are reviewing them. Roland's going to be uh, probably on next week's show talking about the transition and everything, and he's helping actively to to make sure we get the right people in place. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. And life is still going on, even though I live in Thailand and my kid is pulling on my curtain about to rip off the thing. So I should get off the intro and let's tune into the interview. Thank you. Love Global From Asia and want to get even more? Then check out our members-only area at gfavip.com. Here you'll get insights and access to me as well as other members in our private forum, as well as a ton of other valuable knowledge and information, as well as special connections, monthly calls, insights, discounts on product services and events, and more. Plus, it really helps support the show. Check it out at www.gfavip.com. All right. Thank you, everybody, tuning in to our Global From Asia podcast. So we are here. It's been a couple of years in the making. I've been talking in touch with Tommaso for quite a couple of years as they've developed their startup, Easy Ship. Um, 
Tommaso, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners today? Hi, Mike. Thanks a lot for having us here. So as you said, my name is Tommaso. I'm one of the co-founders of EasyShip. Uh, we are a shipping platform. We basically uh, try to make shipping simple, both for domestic and international standpoint. So we're integrated with more than 100 different shipping options and the main, also the main e-commerce platforms. So we're integrated with the main shopping carts like Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, and so on, and the main marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, and many other platforms. Uh, so we started EasyShip four years ago, and we operate for our offices in New York, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, have operation in Australia and Europe. Exciting, exciting. So today we're t- we have an interesting topic. It was your suggestion is tripling your e-commerce sales um, by ex- I think it's expanding your horizons. So, uh, you know, some listeners know I, I have an Amazon. I've done e-commerce many years before, and we're doing one on the show. We're, we're just doing Amazon US right now. So I think a lot of people are just focused on, like, one market, a lot of Amazon only. But I think you're going to share with us that there's a lot more out there than, than that, right? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, uh, I think... Like maybe you can start by sharing some data. I imagine that last year, 2017, um, out of 100 e-commerce transactions, only 18 were uh, done in the States. So that means that if you're not selling internationally, you're missing out on 80% of the market. So this is huge. That's crazy. uh, However, only 21% of uh, American brands are selling internationally. So on the one hand, you see that they're targeting only 20% of the market. So, of course, it's a huge opportunity to start selling globally because virtually you can increase your sales by five apps. But then very few companies do that. And I think it's because very, a lot of companies you know, are really scared by the idea of uh, having to touch international shipping. So this is one of the main obstacles. Yep, it's totally true. I mean, it kind of leads into the next question where we're saying... It's true. Like, is there a catch? I mean, of course, everybody wants to sell everywhere, but there's there's uh, things you need to do to adjust to that, so like business model or logistics. I, I mean, I'm sure you have the solution too, but what, what should sellers kind of get into their uh, their mindset to, to do something like this? So I, I think that um, in general, when you want to expand internationally, there are, of course, different steps that you need to take. First step is on the uh, is on the store level. Let's say so you need to make sure that your store can uh, accept orders from overseas. So you need to check the currency settings and so on. But this is pretty simple with marketplace and, and international and uh, and uh, shopping cart. So basically, basically every every platform allowed to receive order from international. Second part is payment gateway. So you need to be able to uh, receive payments from overseas. But again, this has been taken already by many companies like PayPal, Stripe, and so on. Uh, the third point is about like marketing. So you know, if you if you if you have a company that sells mainly domestically, and you want to start selling internationally, you you also need to of course make sure that people abroad know about you, or they can find you on some on some other website or on uh, uh, domestic marketplaces or do online marketing. But also, this is pretty simple. You know, Facebook and Google allows you to run and very targeted ads with very limited budget are basically uh, available to every every single merchant. The first step is on, is on the shipping side and uh, that's what we want to target because before like 
you know, when you want to do internationally, what you were doing is going to talk to the quarters directly, so with uh, um, some of the main names, but then they're kind of unable to provide you with a clear fee structure. So, you know, they, they, they show you like rate cards, basically, basically showing the shipping cost per kg or per pound for every country. But the reality is that there are so many other fees that you have to pay. And if you don't know how to map this, you run the risk to lose a lot of money on shipping. And that's basically why we develop EasyShip. So with EasyShip, you can sign up for free um, in less than 20 seconds and install uh, our plugin to show real-time shipping rates at checkout and real-time tax and duty for every country in the world. So this takes less than a couple of minutes and uh, basically allow you to uh, optimize your website in a way that every single visa that comes to your store, they can see uh, what are the cheapest, the fastest, and the best value for money shipping option that you can offer, together with uh, a real-time tax duty that are guaranteed by us. Uh, okay. So this completely removes the any risk from the from the merchant perspective. Okay. So yeah, it sounds pretty straightforward. There's no upfront, you know, costs to doing this and just plugins. So, so um, so I guess maybe give us an example. Do you, of course, there's. Amazon is its own world, so this would be like Shopify normally, or WooCommerce, or, or like shopping carts integration? So if you want to show real-time shipping rates at checkout, this is uh, available uh, mainly for marketplaces. But if, uh, even for Amazon and eBay, they don't have this functionality, but you can, you can still use Initiative to uh, have access to more than 100 different shipping companies. So you don't have to go to every quarter one by one, sign a contract, pay a deposit, negotiate rates. You can just open an account with EasyShip and you and have all these, uh, these uh, options available to you. Plus, we guarantee tax and duty for international shipment and we generate all the documents that you need. So you know exactly how much are you paying for and you don't have to do any research about uh, what is the taxation and what documents that the country needs. It's all in uh, on your EasyShip dashboard. I see. Okay. Can we do an example? Let's say I'm a, a maybe give it, or do you want me to make one or do you have an example? Uh, maybe you can. Uh, okay, sure. You can give me some information. Let's see if I can do it right now. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. I'm um, thinking it's on the spot. Basically, let's say somebody is uh, based in the US mm-hmm. and they're selling jewelry on their, I guess, just, so this would, be on their own website yeah. or, and then maybe they post on Instagram. We've had some Instagram influencer topics in the past. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course somebody buys it in. Uh, it can be also on Amazon, you know, and it could be like it it could be be on anything. We have merchants. We have a lot of merchants for Amazon. And okay. EBay. So maybe I know let's talk, let's maybe go through the Amazon then. Yeah, I know. sure. So then I always thought Amazon took care of it. So maybe you could give me an idea that we sell coffee products on Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what, where would, uh, how would this work? Like so if I were to, yeah. So basically, uh, you can create an account on EasyShip. You can have a dashboard. And every time you try to, you want to ship something, you can insert in the dashboard uh, what kind of product is it, what are the dimensions, what is the weight, and what is the value of the product. And then EasyShip will basically like work like Expedia. It will compare all the shipping options and show you all of them to you with the delivery time, uh, shipping cost, tax and duty, and you can choose the query that you like. And then once you decide the courier, you can just pay for the label and the system will schedule a pickup uh, at your address and generate for you all documents that you need. 
So the only thing you have to do is print the documents, stick it on the box, and you're good to go. Okay. So that would be fulfilled by merchant, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. We're also integrated with uh, more than 20 different warehouses worldwide in Europe, okay. the States, and Asia. So the okay. idea is you can also place your, your stock in one of these warehouses that okay. are integrated with us by API. So everything is documented. I see, I see. Okay. And then same with eBay, or, and then it would just integrate. And of course, for every platform. Yeah, we're integrated with all the main one. I see. So it's pretty, yeah, I guess my, it seems like it just happens right away. So there's not much time, time for this. But, uh, you know, I guess you, but you've also, you know, I, in your experience working with your users, your clients, um, what's the normal amount of time maybe for the marketing or localization? I know maybe your plugin is pretty straightforward, but do you have some, uh, some cases or some experiences, how much somebody would need to, I guess, of course, it always depends, but, you know, should they do all link? Do you, have you seen with your clients or your experience people working, localizing multiple at the same time, or should you choose one at a time? Is there some, some kind of data or stories you have? Yeah, so, so you see, using ship it takes a couple of, of minutes to open the account. Then, of course, you need to sell your items. This, this we, can't, we, can't bring, <laughs> we can't bring you clients for that. Yeah. I mean, not yet, at least. You know, it really depends. We have clients that have never sold before outside of the States, but actually their product was already pretty famous abroad. So the moment that they switch the moment they started using EasyShip and the moment that they start accepting international orders, they basically saw a 30% increase the day after because wow. they already had the customer looking at them, but they, they could not buy and, and then they could. Uh, mm. there are other, so there are other uh, companies that maybe they are more like local, so they, didn't, they, they, they are not known outside of the States. And in that case, uh, the growth takes some, some, a couple of weeks to fix in. It also depends, it's very much in line with your marketing strategy because they, the, the smartest company, what they do is they start running ads on, uh, on Facebook, for example, if, if it's like a consumer product, um, very targeted for like specific markets. Uh, for example, Singapore is a, very, is a very good market. India is a great market. Australia is a very good mm. market. And they can do it in English so they don't have to watch much about translation. And the CPC, for example, for some of the, these countries is like... Uh, uh, 70% cheaper than, uh, than in the States. So you can actually like market there at a lower cost. And, you know, client buyers there are very much used to buy from overseas. Uh, like so, the, so if you have good products, you can actually sell very easily. I like it. I like that. Maybe we should dive in a little bit more with like, I like that easy. I think listeners or anybody, any sellers or business owners always like to, you know, some kind of hacks or some easy. So, so, so your data is interesting. So Singapore and India, can you Australia. Maybe, Australia. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's true. They're English speaking and uh, also they're, you know, big, bigger. Yeah. Know, the purchase high. power is pretty high in Singapore and Australia and they're really used because I think there is also another in the, another metric that very few people look at that is the propensity to buy from overseas. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in some markets, uh, consumers are quite scared from, to buy from overseas. But in other, they are used to that. So you know, in Singapore, they they are used to buy from overseas because the, the domestic supply is quite limited uh, compared to, for mm -hmm. example, the states. So we, I was I was reading at some at some reports from uh, a Bain and company, and they were basically saying that for any 
100 products available in the States, only uh, 16 are available in Singapore, mm. and only 21 are available in Australia. Mm. So, you know, if you want some specific products, but they know that they have no other way than buy from overseas. And the alternative is to take a flight and go yeah. and buy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Paying a shipping cost is way cheaper than, than take a, a plane ticket. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I think this, this free market is a great to start, but the easiest one. Then later on, once clients find a good fit there, they can start expanding to other markets like Middle East, uh, continental Europe. But for that, they will need a bit more of localization. So they will need to work a bit more with translation. Also, the, the, the style of the ads will be a bit different. Yeah, so it requires a little, a little bit more of work. But it's still mm. feasible. You know, as long as the merchant is motivated to grow their sales, now is pure potential everywhere. Like e-commerce is booming, especially in certain areas. So for those that are really interested in growing their revenues, there has never been so many opportunities as today. It's true. It's true. I hope I don't want to, I don't want to sneak in some questions, but I got some ideas. So, I mean, I think your advantage too, is you see a lot of data with your, with your users. So do you think uh, people should still fulfill from where, you know, us or when does, how does somebody decide like say Singapore, Australia, India, how does somebody decide when to start to invest in more fulfillment centers and more complex logistics? Uh, it's always a trick. It seems so hard because you got to manage multiple inventory and investing. Yeah. So, you know, I think everybody always think about two options. So let's say I'm a merchant based in the States and I have a lot of clients in Europe. They always think, okay, should I ship from here to Europe or should I stock my inventory in, this, in Europe? Actually, there is a third option that is, is basically called direct injection, or basically you don't have to stock your item in Europe. You can still ship it from from the states, uh, but basically what you do is that you consolidate the orders. So they they do the first mile from US to an injection point in Europe when they are palletized, and then when they reach the European, imagine a warehouse, they get the the box get open, and all the orders inside get shipped to a different consignee. So it's not a warehousing because they don't store your product. They just process it. So this is a very easy way to save a lot of money. Uh, but you need some volume to do that. So, you know, it really depends. And also depends. There are like some serious taxes implications that you need to consider. Mm. Uh, for example, if you sell to say, let's take another example. Let's say that you are a company based in Australia and you ship a lot to U.S., to the US and to Europe, mm, right? Okay. Up to a point where you are considering to uh, start storing your items there. So let's assume that you have the same volume for US, for the US and for Europe. Actually, you know, the best setup is for the States would be to do direct injection. So basically ship a big box full of smaller boxes. Each of the boxes already have a last mile label on the box. So why? You can save a lot of money because you can ship this big box from, the, from Australia to the States. And then when they arrive in the States, the box gets open and the small boxes get, get uh, to USPS. Uh, they get delivered to the, consign, to the final buyer. And in this way, you can do a clearance that is per item. So, you know, in the, in the States, anything that is below 800 US dollars is not taxable mm-hmm. at custom, right? Yeah, so if, you, yeah. if you ship a big box, probably this will be, if, if you store locally, when you receive the item, you will have to pay VAT. 
and taxes because probably when you ship a container, this is going to be above 800 US dollar. But if you do direct injection, they get clear per, 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 per shipment level. So basically, you don't have to pay taxes. Got In this it. case, the best would be to ship like this. If you go to Europe, it's different because most of the country, the fraction is like $20, 20 euro. So basically, everything is taxable. So the idea is in that case, since you, you have to pay tax anyway, you may uh, want to store your item in a European warehouse. But at the same time, if you want to store your item there, you need to open a VAT number. So, you know, it's, it doesn't exist like a rule of thumb for everything. Mm. So what we do with our clients, for example, is that we have warehouses in the States and in, in Europe, and we really need to understand what kind of products they have, what is their turnover in general, like how, how much volume they have, right? So after we know that, we can advise on what is the best strategy. I see. This is interesting. So I just want to recap. I think that was a lot for listeners. Yeah, and, uh, it's very technical. I'm sorry about that. Like, it's great. It's great. We, we could talk about it for like days. I, uh, I know. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think this is, what, this is what people want to hear. I appreciate you sharing. So the idea is um, maybe some of the keywords was an injection point. Was that right? Yeah, it's basically the idea is that besides the drop shipping and the local storage, you have a third option that is direct injection. Oh, okay, um, direct. I think like it, it, it's good to give uh, these informations. That probably, if anybody wants some more information, they can they can contact us on uh, uh, sure. com and uh, we're happy to, to to give more information. Sure, sure. We'll uh, link we'll link you yeah. guys up on the on the note show notes as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, so it's basically allowing people to uh, can basically not have to ship all their stock to another country, but have it ready to send smaller parts to other countries to then ship faster? Yeah, so the idea is that instead of, so you know, if you do drop shipping, let's say you have 10, 10 boxes and each of these 10 boxes get labeled. So there is a shipping label on top of each of these 10 boxes with a different address or a different buyer. But this, of course, is, is quite expensive because every package has to go one by one from uh, the origin to the destination, right? Uh, if you do a direct injection, you still label each item, one, each package one by one, but not with the label from, uh, let's say, Australia to the States. It will just be the last mile. So it will be from the US to the US. So this is much cheaper. And then you organize a bulk freight to ship this quantity of boxes from Australia to the US. Okay. So you do the first, uh, the first big part of the trip is done as a bulk. And then when they, re when they reach a destination country, uh, they already have the label saying from the US, let's say from New York to uh, California. Got it. Got it. Okay. This is, a, this is another helpful way. Is there some rule of thumb where you would say to go into actually a fulfillment center in the countries that, you know, maybe some of those top three, like, I know it's always case by case, or if you actually mm. have an example, I maybe can't give the client name, but maybe you can give a, a generic an example. But uh, of course, Singapore is a hot market. A lot of times people in the U.S. don't even know the difference of Singapore and like uh, China. But, uh, you know, I think... Um, it's a, you know, it's very, they spend a lot of, you know, I'm sure they spend a lot of money on, on luxury items. I don't know. Is there some kind of a formula or thought process you could share when they should go to that like higher investment of like uh, having inventory there? 
So I think that in general, like when you start to place stock in the country, it's not just an economical decision, but it's also a customer service decision because your, your shipments get faster. You don't have to deal anymore with delay at custom because basically all the items get cleared before they get stored in the, in the warehouse. And when somebody buy, they get shipped and delivered within a couple of days without any custom, right? Uh, so my, 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 I think that in general, like, Different companies have different, let's say, threshold. On average, I, I see that when companies start making more than 1,000 to 5,000 orders a month in one specific region, so it can be Europe, it can be Southeast Asia and so on, they start to think about uh, look, um, uh, storing some of the inventory there. Uh, then if it's 1,000 or 5,000, it depends on the kind of product, on the price point, and on the margin that they have, right? okay. But usually, usually in this in this break, you see the you see when the division is gonna happen. Okay, this is great. Thanks for sharing some numbers. Getting towards the end, do we have some case studies that you want to share, um, or I could think of some more uh, more examples? So I think one of the one of the companies. So, so one of the companies that I, I like the most is for uh, Waverly Labs. They do. They basically did a very successful crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo raising $4.5 million. Uh, they produced these earbuds that uh, translate simultaneously uh, automatically from, any, from all of the main languages in the world. So basically, they, I really like their mission of wanting to remove the barrier in communication uh, among people. Uh, so we, we shift for them and uh, their campaign and it's been, uh, it's been a complex product, uh, com- a complex campaign that has been more than 120 different countries to ship using more than 50 different shipping options. And this resulted in very good savings for them. Uh, I think another, another good success story is, uh, this is like Waverly Labs and Pilot are a pretty big campaign. Uh, there are also like some smaller companies. For example, one is called GoFish Camp. It's a really cool product that they manufacture. Uh, is a camera that you can use when you go fishing. Uh, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. And basically, when they, when they started working with us, they were only selling domestically in the States. Then they were like, started to get interested in international business as well. So we did a setup for them. They, they were able to ship worldwide. And basically, after the, now I think they, they do, uh, they increase by 200 to 300% after they, they started like uh, um, accepting international payments and be able to ship worldwide. So, you know, there is a world out there that like potentially one sort of products, right? Uh, they were, they were able, able to like achieve massive growth with that. Wow. Yeah. It's always these uh, kind of strange products. I think one of the craziest products I heard somebody selling online was uh, snake food. It's basically like really? dead, dead mice. Uh, dead mice yeah that uh you have to feed your snakes uh mice mm-hmm. so he's he had an e-commerce store selling mice uh he had to have special warehousing because it had to be cool it had to temperature couldn't get too hot it was crazy but, control, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. well um this has been awesome is there other parts you want to add or or um i think any last words for listeners that are you know thinking about expanding their horizons internationally or so i think i think general like uh, uh maybe like 
some more uh, suggestions besides the, the going international is even for domestic. So we work a lot with domestic shipment as well. We have, we have very affordable solutions, especially in the States. We see that very few companies deal with dimensions. So everybody always talks about weight. So how much does your item weight? But actually, you know, many couriers bill you based on volumetric or dimensional weight. So if you don't consider the dimension, you run the risk to pay to a lot of unexpected uh, shipping costs. So it's really important to keep an eye on that. Like also, if you have control on your packing material, it's really important to optimize the, back, the box uh, for the uh, optimal dimensions. Why? Because, you know, the volumetric or dimensional weight is computed by multiplying the dimension of the boxes and then converting this value into a weight value. So converting this value into a pound or kilograms, right? And then the courier will charge you for the highest between the dead weight, so how much does the item physically weight, and the dimension of weight is a product dimension. So there are some, we have some clients that at the beginning, they were shipping boxes that were by maybe like one inch bigger than, uh, but basically for one inch of difference, they were paying like 20% more in shipping. So if they, and this is because when they, when they kind of like design the box, they didn't consider at all the dimensions. They could have easily re, like reduced the dimension and they could, have, they could have saved a lot of money. But eventually they did that, but they could have saved money since they won. So this is mm. something they always, I always tell our clients is if you can control the package, you can save a lot of money there, right? And, and all the money to save on shipping is profit for you. Second part is, uh, is the return policy. You know, like I think now everybody is big fan about like, you know, very generous return policy where you accept everything after one mm-hmm. year, uh, yeah. no strings attached. You know, every time you're shipping something like you're selling something like this, people always look at the top line to look about how much revenue I'm making. Oh, since I have this new ship, this new refund uh, return policy where I can accept everything anytime, my revenues are up 20%. Yeah, that's great. But imagine that every time you're selling something, you're also buying, you're also incurring into liability because uh, if, the, if the customer can return it whenever he wants, maybe he's going to come back in nine months returning the item. So it's not real revenue. So you need to discount the, ret- the returns factor and this can kill you in the long term. So it's important, I think, to, uh, I think return policy is important, but it has to be something that makes sense for both the buyer and the seller. That's that's true. I mean, I I don't know. I think return policy. I think Zappos or Zappos the shoes. I mean, I think they had to get bought out by Amazon because they were. I mean, man, you know, taking anything back. I uh, I kind of agree with you. I think the customer is always right. Actually, it's just uh, talking to people yesterday. You know, they're getting too easy on returns, and uh, you know, I think it's getting the buyers are getting almost spoiled in in. Uh, it's getting a little bit too extreme with the customers always right. So it's true. I think people should look at that more and uh, protect themselves because there's sometimes bad buyers, right? Evil buyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, you know, also like, I think there is this myth that like Amazon accepts everything. True. But you need to pay for shipping. Mm-hmm. We buy a monitor like a couple of weeks ago in our New York office and want to return it. We have to pay to ship it back to return it. So, you know, even then they don't take full fault for that. Right? They yeah. need to pay for shipping. True, true. Okay, this has been awesome, Tomas. Thank you so much. You've really shared um, some insights and some, you know, some, some data, which is great for listeners. Um, how, 
of course, it's, it's, you have a great site, easyship.com, right? So it's easy. Uh, is there other ways or other things we could uh, share with listeners for connecting with you or your company? I think we, have, we try to have everything there. We have like a pretty detailed blog also that they can find also on our website that like we, we cover all the very technical and uh, for some people boring aspect of shipping because it's very technical. Yeah. Uh, and if they still have questions, we have a contact form so they can, they can contact us directly and, uh, and our account management team can, can provide the information that they need. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks so much. I mean, you guys have done a great job since... You know, we, we chatted a few couple of years ago or so. And yeah, if, I mean, that's all about the startup. You're like, well, you guys are past startup now. I mean, it's, it's great to see it. And uh, I wish you even more success. So is there any, uh, anything for listeners? Um, anyway, any, any special links or offers or, or anything? Or, I yes, guess hello, you are- Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think if, uh, we, we could do, if you accept, we're very yeah. happy to give a twenty dollars uh, voucher in, for free shipping uh, for your listeners. Sure, uh, so sure. So we're gonna send you a link that that your your your, okay. your um, reader can click to and and redeem the twenty dollars. You know, sure, they can get the first shipment for free, right? It's free money. Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's perfect. Thanks again for that too. Um, and uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll get this all linked up on the show notes and uh, and that link too for for everybody. Thanks so much, Tomaso. Great, Mike. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Need unique content for your business? Who doesn't? At contentinvestments.com, there's a network of writers ready to write unique blog, product review, and other articles for your business. As the saying goes, content is king. Check it out today at www.contentinvestments.com where you can subscribe for one-off articles or monthly subscriptions. Check it out today. Thank you, Tommaso, for sharing. Glad we finally made this a reality. There's so many more amazing guests to get on this show. And I was uh, talking to some you know, popular people, Wall Street Journal and others lately, and I try to tell people, we, you know, I think for here we can get the f- famous, famous people, but we're not always looking for the famous people. We're looking for on the ground people taking action, executing here in Asia. I have some awesome even neighbors I've been meeting in the suburbs of Chiang Mai that are doing really amazing business things. So, you know, we're, we're trying to mix it up, try to get case studies, try to get, you know, stories, try to get, of course, how-to guides and keep things rolling. Also, we have the Ewu trip, September 6th and 7th, almost going to be here. We got some a great small group of people. If you're interested in that, it's something we're working with Insight Quality, one of our partners and sponsors and supporters, Andy Church, Eno, and, uh, and the whole team there. So I'm excited I'll be up there uh, September 6th and 7th. If you're able to make it, globalfromasia.com slash Ewu, Y-I-W-U dash China is our mini site. We built out a whole mini site for that events and uh, we want to do that long term also always open to suggestions and ideas okay he wants to go inside the dresser all right guys um still working on my studio here <laughs> okay miles you can go inside thanks everybody for listening and let's keep on taking action and i actually updated a globalmaze.com website re- recently I called it build a decentralized global empire because you know we're talking about 
you know, being less dependent on a specific country, specific jurisdiction. So, that's it. I'm gonna go play with Miles and Maggie. It's the weekend here, and uh, probably go see some elephants. Thanks. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.